This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. There are a couple of rules to be observed. The speakers will have to stand up, identify themselves, and give the name of their publication. Because I expect a few lot of questions, I think it should be one question per person. The, the question preferably should be directed to one particular speaker. And as I, as I mentioned before, please be brief and do not try to give the answer to your own question. Uh, that should be left to the four eminent gentlemen who, who, who enlightened us to great detail. So, by the way, yeah. My name is Javed and I am not from any publication. I just happened to read your advertisement in Times of India and I thought I will spend a good afternoon here. In any case, my question is directed to Mr. Dr. Zakir Nai. Uh, but before that, uh, let me, I, uh, I want to clarify a point said by Mr. Sahani, said that Taslima uh, has been quoted wrongly. In any case, if you could uh, see the 31st January 1994 Time magazine issue reported by Mr. Fazan Ahmad, there she has said that uh, the sun revolves around the earth. Okay, and uh, I mean, how can we believe such unscientific thing if it is in the Quran? And secondly, she has said she has blamed Islam for the <coughs> high rate of female infanticide in Bangladesh. I mean, I, I think these are. Is it in the Quran? Can you clarify? Brother Jawed has posed me two questions. It depends upon the chairperson whether he allows me to answer both or not. I will, I will answer the. So he has asked two questions. In future, it won't be permitted. The first question he said was in the Time magazine, which happens to be one of the most authentic magazines in the world, one of the most authentic magazines. I do agree it was reported on the 31st of January that he said that Quran mentions that the sun revolves around the earth and if we believe in such teachings, how can it progress? I do agree with the second statement. If we believe in such statements, how will it progress? But regarding the first part of the allegation that the Quran mentions that the sun revolves around the earth, I want proof. Let the producer proof. Where does the Quran say that? What she is referring to together is mainly a verse in the Quran. In Surah Al-Anbiya, chapter number 21, verse number 33, which says, هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارَ وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمْرَةِ قُلْ وَالْفِيفَ لَكَ الْيَزْبَعُونَ That it is Allah who has created the night and the day, the sun and the moon, each one traveling in its own orbit. The same thing is repeated in Surah Yaseen, chapter number 36, verse number 40. قُلْ وَالْفِيفَ لَكَ الْيَزْبَعُونَ Each one traveling in orbit with its own motion. The Quran does not say that the sun revolves around the earth. The Quran says the sun and the moon, each one traveling in its own orbit. The Arabic word used is jazbaha, coming from the root word sabaha, describing the motion of a moving body. If you say a man is doing sabaha on the floor, it means he is not standing, it means he is walking or running. If you say a man is doing sabaha in water, it does not mean floating, it means he is swimming. Same way if you use the word sabaha for a heavenly body, it means rotating about its own action. The Quran mentions 
the sun and the moon rotate, they travel in the motion that they revolve and they rotate about its own axis. So again, this verse had put me a little bit down because I had passed my SSC, I had passed my ICSC, sorry, in 1982 from St. Peter's School. And there in geography I learned that the sun did not rotate. The sun revolved, fine, but it was stationary. It did not rotate about its axis. And the Quran mentioned that the sun rotates about its axis. So I was a bit worried. And then I had to do a little bit of research. And then I came to know that according to the recent advances in science and astronomy, we come to know that even the sun rotates, rotates about its axis. And to prove it, you can take equipment in the laboratory, and since you can't look at the sun directly, the image of the sun can be put on a tabletop. And the sun has got certain holes, like black spots. And that black spot takes about 25 days to rotate completely. So in short, the sun takes about 25 days to rotate. So the Quran is not backward, it is more up to date. I want to ask Asim Anasreen that who could have written this 1400 years ago that the sun and the moon were Shams al Kamar, Kulwan Pifalak and Yazbaul, that the sun and the moon each one travel in its own orbit, means revolving and rotating. Ask her. The Quran does not mention at all that the sun rotates or revolves around the earth. That's a misinterpretation. Since the chairman has given me permission regarding the second part of the question, and she has alleged that it is because of Islam that there is such a high rate of infanticide, female infanticide in Bangladesh. She alleged that. I want her to tell me, quote me one verse of the Quran which says that you should kill female children. In fact, according to the BBC report, in the program assignment, the title of that small clipping was Let Her Die. And um, a British reporter, Emily Beckinin, she came from America and she did a survey on female infanticide. And India happens to have the maximum number. And according to her, according to her, every day, more than 3,000 fetuses are being aborted on being identified that they are female. 3,000 fetuses in our mother country. And if you multiply this by 365, more than 1 million fetuses are being recognized that their female are being aborted. Why don't you read it in the headlines, in our papers? Let the papers give it on the front page every day until the female infanticide is stopped. And according to the Tamil Nadu government report, out of the live birth of female children, out of 10, 4 are put to death. 4 are put to death. It has to be a Britisher to come and tell us Indians what the rate of female infanticide in our country. Now coming to the point, what does Quran speak about female infanticide? She cannot quote any verse. I challenge her to quote any verse from the Quran which says female children should be put to death. In fact, if you read Surah Taqweer, see I'm doing this quotation. Tasim Manasreen only says Quran says that, Quran says this. this. How can a layman who does not, who has not read the Quran, or even if he has read the Quran, where will he find which verse says this, what he says? So, we have to take it for granted. Give benefit of doubt that the Quran does say that the sun rotates around the earth, or you have to agree that it believes in human infanticide. If you read the Quran in Surah Taqweer, chapter number 81, verse number 8 and 9, it says that then the female child when she is buried alive, and when she cries out, for what crime has she been killed? On the day of judgment, she'll cry out, for what crime she has been killed? The female infanticide has been completely forbidden in Islam. In fact, 
all sorts of female infanticide and killing of children has been prohibited. It's mentioned in Quran, in Surah Al-Isra, chapter number 17, verse number 31, as well as in Surah Anam, chapter number 6, verse number 51, which says, Kill not a children for want of sustenance. It is Allah who provides you and your children for sustenance. In fact, Quran reduced the thought of a person rejoicing on the birth of a male child and his face being sad on the birth of a female child. It's mentioned for Nahal, chapter number 16, verse number 58 and 59. Hold down to the question, brother. Father Ferreira wants to say something on this particular issue. I just want to make a general comment which I think is important at this stage. We often hear people say, oh, the Quran says this, which is an Oscarantist thing. Oh, Hinduism says that, which is against progress. Oh, you can prove these things from the Bible and so on. Be very careful, firstly, when you hear things. A. Often these are vague statements made, as Dr. Michael pointed very clearly, which have no reference at all. That's the first thing. Secondly, often uh, religious scriptures are used by politicians and are used by obscurantists hmm, to support their own prejudices. Classic instance of racism and the Bible. You know that a lot of Western Christianity through the century has been racist and they have used the Bible to defend it. It's absolutely false, but here it is politics which comes to use religion for its own purposes. Remember what I said at the beginning. Every religion has a liberative element which can emancipate you, but can also oppress you, depending on how these things have been twisted. So I make this general comment because often you hear statements like this, and then they will blame, okay, Muslims, see, Muslims, what else? Or Christians, of course, Christians, or Hindus like this, or Sikhs, whatever. Be very careful because this is the typical kind of prejudice, I say, which only uh, as well creates turbulence and does not help to clear any doubt. More questions? Mr. Tetivak from Communism Combat, Dr. Zakina wanted to ask him whether he considers the attack on Dr. Bedas for saying that uh, Hindus are not castles uh, but Murtas by respecting with his life. So was that a fundamentalist attack on his life and freedom of expression or not? Please report the question. Please repeat the question. Dr. Veda. Dr. Vedas of the Kitabak library, he was threatened with his life, his freedom of expression curved when he said that Hindus are not Kafirs but Murtas. Sister has posed the question that, for the person, Mr. Vedas, who said that Hindus are not Kafirs and they are Murtas. Therefore, is it right that the fundamentalist, the threatened his life, is that a curb of freedom of expression or not? And life. Again, two, three questions. We are in the first part that whatever that Mr. Veda said, that Hindus are not prophets, but the Murtad does not have any base because he may not be well versed in the Arabic language. What is the meaning of kafir? I told you that kafir means a person who conceals the truth or rejects the truth. It does not, it does not mean that a kafir has to be a Hindu. He can be a Hindu, he may not be a Hindu. I will come to the complete answer. So, only if I justify the meaning, can I justify an answer, sister? 
if I don't justify the meaning, my answer will have no relevance. Because Quran always says, Kul hasu bhanakum, produce your proof. Why giving the answer, give your proof. Without proof, I don't get comment. So firstly, Kafir does not mean a Hindu. It may be a Hindu, may not be a Hindu. And what is the meaning of Murtad? Murtad is a Muslim who, after he has accepted the faith, he converts to another faith. That's called a Murtad. So, Mr. Bedar's explanation has got no relevance at all. Neither is it correct literally. It does not have neither a head nor a tail. Regarding whether those Muslim people, for, for the fundamentals or not, I don't know. Were they right in putting a death sentence? I would say without proof, no one has the right to put a death sentence. If they had, if they gave an opportunity to clarify himself, and if he falters, or, or if he had abused the Quran, then it's a different question. If he was not able to clarify, depending upon what proof the Dr. Bedar gave to the Muslim students. Otherwise, otherwise I would say that without any proof, if those Muslims have called for his death, it is completely wrong. It's against Islam. Hope that answers the question, sister. Fine, fine, you can ask me a question. I have my answer. Go over the second question, I'll give a second answer. If it's based on truth, does a person have a right to pass a death sentence? It is like you asking me if the Indian government has proof that a person who has told the secret of the country, of the army, of the navy, of the air force has told to somebody else and if he's caught and it's proved that he actually betrayed the country, the Indian government will punish with proof. Same way, if there is proof that he has betrayed or spoken something wrong, if there's proof, then I feel he requires punishment. Hope that's the question. That, that's the second part of the question. Is the death sentence or if it's the first part, no problem. Can you give death sentence? See, every crime, every crime, the punishment given are various. Like for example, if you're in the train, if you pull the chain without any reason, 500 rupees fine or and 3 months imprisonment. So if you are caught, one judge may give you 500 fines, the other judge may give you 500 fines and 1 month, some judge may give you only 3 months, some judge may give you both. The, the punishment differs from each judge to each judge. Regarding what does religious fundamentalism talk about if someone blasphemes, you haven't used that word, but I am using it. Someone blasphemes, what does the Quran say. I quote the Quran. The Quran in Surah Maida, chapter number 5, verse number 33 states that the punishment for anyone who wages war against Allah, like against God Almighty, and His Messenger, or strives does jihad, strives with might and main, with might and main, to create mischief in the land. His punishment is either execution or crucifixion or chopping off of limbs of the opposite side or exile. This is the law given in one verse of the Quran. Other verses say it is possible to speak with Udu ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah. Wal mawizatil hasna wada dillum billatiya aysan. It is said in Quran Nahal, chapter number 16, verse number 125. Invite all to the way of thy Lord with wisdom and beautiful preaching and argue with them and debate with them and reason with them in ways that are best and more gracious. If you ask me, 
What will I do to Tafsir Nasrin? So Quran gives so many options, I would say, I would call up for a public debate. That's what, that depends upon the judge. The, the punishment may differ on every judge. Every punishment, if enough proof is given, if you read, since you ask, the topic is really fundamentalism, if you refer to the Bible, the Bible says, and Father can correct me if I'm wrong, in the third book of the Old Testament, in Leviticus, chapter number 24, verse number 16, it says that anyone, any person who blasphemes the name of thy Lord, he should certainly be put to death. Certainly be put to death. And the congregation. Father, if you want the Bible, the Bible is available here. If you think I'm misquoting, I'm quoting verbatim. Father, from which version you want, the King James version or the Dewey version. I'd like to complete the quotation. If you're a fundamentalist Christian, you have to follow the Bible. The Bible says in Leviticus chapter number 24, verse number 16, that anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall certainly be put to death. And all the congregation shall surely stone him, even the stranger. For anyone who's born in the land and blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. So if you're a good Christian, what does the Bible say? Anyone who blasphemes the Lord, he should be put to death. There may be other options also given in the Bible, but this is one of them. It's an important point, so let me give you an, a slightly different point of view. There is such a thing in the world as mob justice or rough justice or lynching. You are familiar with these terms. In the United States, for example, for many years, even to very recently, if you were a black, uh, a group of white men could just say, he tried to rape my daughter and they would lose you on the spot. So in the same way, please realize that there is such a thing as rough justice and a lot of this is taking place in sometimes in Islamic countries. I have here a report on uh, which comes in from Pakistan and the title is Blasphemy Laws Are So Vague That Anyone Can Be Murdered. I can give this to anyone if you want to make Xerox copies of it. It's unfortunate. Probably the only country in the Muslim world right now that has enough of ulema to handle these cases against the Sharia in Iran. That's why you never hear cases of this in Iran. But many other instances where you appeal to the Sharia or you appeal against uh, uh, to an inter interpretation of the Quran and you find invariably that Maulana are much more politicized and a lot of this thing comes from politics. So therefore to say that Islam is responsible again is wrong. You've got to see the political context of a country, like Bangladesh, for example, like Pakistan, for example, uh, like uh, Algeria, for example, the Islamic Salvation Front, and other places like this. So this is very important to keep in mind. The instances of Dr. Bayar, etc., is what you call mob justice. I don't like it. You blaspheme, come out, I'll kill you. And this is what they do, you're killed. Who has the right to execute? Only the state, after the due process of trial. The trouble is, in many countries, their democratic process is so weak, and we find this in Bangladesh today, there's a fighting going on between the Prime Minister and the other opposition leader, between Zia and Hasina. And this is one reason why these things are taking place. Now they're coming out and say, no, no, don't ever threaten the woman, otherwise be careful. Note that the Maulana who has put that, uh, that reward of uh, 50,000 takas has not yet been arrested. There are three persons who have put a reward upon the head of, uh, of Tafin, but there's only the public notification has gone out that action can be taken, but no one has taken action yet. You see, many of these things do happen. 
Huh? And recently you had a case, I told you, picked up in the papers, uh, an Ayatollah Khamenei, I think, said that one Ayatollah can uh, issue a fatwa which negates the previous fatwa. Why is it taking such a long time to say this? Huh? Why is it taking such a long time in politics? You know from your own st study of the whole Salman Rushdie case that the reason why Ayatollah Khomeini issued that fatwa was entirely political. You know it. So don't make Islam a scapegoat for the tricks of politicians. Don't make that. Christians have done this, plenty of examples of that. Hindus have done this, plenty of examples of that. Muslims are doing this, plenty of examples. Chiefs have done it, all right. You always have this kind of continuous tension between religion and politics and one will use the other. I'll give you plenty of examples from Christianity if you are patient to wait the evening. Plenty of examples. Okay? So it's important to keep these two things in mind. Rough justice one thing and you, there's no way in which you can excuse the same distance. But unfortunately, governments are too weak to enforce it. And that's why you have what you have. Mr. Wagley. डॉक्टर नायक ने डिबेटिंग स्किल्स तो बहुत सारे दिखाए मैं उनसे हाँ या ना में जवाब चाहता हूँ तस्लीमा के खिलाफ जिन लोगों ने फतवा इशू किया उस अमानवीय फतवे का आप समर्थन करते हैं या निषेध करते हैं given on the head of Tafri Manasri, in one word. Believe me, brother, I'm a Muslim fundamentalist. And my fundamentals of Islam do not allow me to give the answer in one word. Do not allow me. That's right. And then they will not answer. Because I, I will have to call her in the court of law, and after I've examined her, after I've integrated her, and after she's given an equal opportunity to support herself, after she has been given an equal opportunity to support herself, can the death sentence be passed? Otherwise, no. I have not met her. I have not met her. If you have contact with her in front of me, I can't. Islam does not give me the permission, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, I'm not exactly a full-time journalist, but uh, Dr. Mai, do you think the people who have uh, given this punishment, announced, pronounced, whatever, have given her that opportunity? Brother has asked the question that have those people who have passed the death sentence, have they given her opportunity to clarify herself? I don't know. I don't know. Believe me, I don't know. Maybe, may not be. I don't know. I read in the papers, the news keep on altering. So, see, I'm speaking the truth. How can I? How do I know? I don't know personally. I read in the papers. In one paper, it mentions she's 29 years old. One paper says 31. One paper says 39. One paper says she's a plain and medieval doctor. The other paper says she's a gynecologist. The other paper says anesthetist. You ask me what is she, I say I don't know. और हिंदू धर्म में रिफॉर्म हुए क्योंकि हिंदू धर्म बड़ा हिंदू धर्म का सनातन हिंदू धर्म का मन बड़े उदार बड़ा उदार था उन्होंने कहा मुझे उनसे इतना ही पूछना है कि जो चारवाग से लेकर खुले आकर कर तक सारे रिफॉर्मिस्ट हुए उन्हें जो तकलीफें झेलने पड़ी वो हिंदू धर्म के उदार मन की निशानी है या नहीं चारवाग से कहा तक 
अभी आज तक भी लिखिए आप इसका सीधा उत्तर यह है मैंने पहले अपने वक्तव्य में कह दिया था कि वैचारिक विरोध के आधार पर शारीरिक कष्ट किसी को दिया जाए इसका पहला उदाहरण गांधी हत्या का है चारवाक को हम लोग बृहस्पति का अवतार मानते हैं सावित्री भाई फुले पर भी पत्थर देखे गए थे गांधी हत्या पहला उदाहरण नहीं है चंबुक का भी पहले उदाहरण है अगर गलती तो सवा यात्रा निकाली गई थी देखिए ये सारे उदाहरण अंग्रेजी शिक्षा के आने के बाद के इसलिए इन सब की जिम्मेदारी में अंग्रेजी शिक्षा को माना एक शंभुक का उदाहरण आप छोड़ दीजिए एक शंभुक का उदाहरण आप छोड़ दीजिए मैंने कहा वैचारिक विरोध के आधार पर वैचारिक विरोध का जहाँ तक चारवाक का आपने नाम लिया आप इतिहास में कहीं फिजिकल टॉर्चर तो हर रिफॉर्मिस्ट को किया गया है आप मुझे बताइए चारवाक पर कौन से अत्याचार है और आप किस इतिहास के आधार पर शंभुक के बारे में थोड़ा सा एक्सप्लेनेशन दीजिए पहले आप चारवाक को वापस ले लीजिए हर रिफॉर्मिस्ट को फिजिकल टॉर्चर किया गया है आज तक जो जहाँ तक मैं अयोध्या तक बोलता हूँ कि अयोध्या के बारे में बात करने वाले जो लोग हैं और हिंदू धर्म में जो खराब मीडिया है या खराब अंधश्रद्धा है उनके खिलाफ बोलने वाले आज के जो आज तक के नए नौजवान है अंधश्रद्धा निर्मूलन समिति के उनको भी फिजिकल टॉर्चर का सामना करना पड़ा है यही मैं आपको कहता हूँ क्योंकि ये आपकी बात सच नहीं है कि रिफॉर्म इसको कोई तकलीफ नहीं दी गई और सिर्फ डिबेट चलाया गया या डायलॉग चलाया गया फिजिकल टॉर्चर तो हुआ ही है और इसके तो इतने सारे उदाहरण है आप इतिहास पढ़ के वो निकाल सकते आपने चार बार से प्रारंभ किया मेरी आपसे प्रार्थना या आप बोले या मैं बोलू मेरी आपसे प्रार्थना है कि चारवा को किस प्रकार का कष्ट दिया गया ये आप किसी इतिहास के आधार पर हमें बता दीजिए तो मैं आपके प्रश्न का उत्तर देने का या अपने विचार को सुधारने का दोनों प्रयत्न करने के लिए तैयार आई एम ऑलवेज ओपन फॉर लक्टिफिकेशन एंड करेक्शन कोई मुझे बता दे कि चारवाक के इतिहास में कहा यह मिला हुआ है या कम से कम आप स्वीकार करेंगे चारवाक को नहीं दिया गया कोई भी शारीरिक दंड बाद में हुआ मैं इस आक्षेप से सहमत नहीं हूँ की चारवाक का इतिहास मिटा दिया गया है क्योंकि चारवाक को आप कृपा करके शांत से विचार कीजिए चारवाक को हम लोग बृहस्पति का अवतार मानते हैं चारवाक के नास्तिकवादों के जो सिद्धांत हैं वो बराबर तब से आज तक चले आ रहे हैं और जहाँ तक मेरी भारतीय इतिहास की जानकारी है वहाँ तक चारवाक को या उनके अनुयायियों को जैसा की मैंने कहा अंग्रेजी शिक्षा प्रणाली आने के पहले तक वैचारिक विरोध के आधार पर कोई उनको तकलीफ दी गई है ऐसा मेरी जानकारी में आप तक नहीं है अगर आप प्रमाणों के साथ कोई बात दें तो मैं या तो उसका उत्तर दे सकूंगा या मैं अपने विचार सुधार सकूंगा मुझे इसमें कोई आपत्ति नहीं संभूत पर अगर आप चाहें स्पीकर आई थिंक आई थिंक Dr. Nayak has said repeatedly that the punishment for any crime depends on the gravity of the crime, and he has specifically talked about the American states and once about the Indian states, and saying for treason, if any official of the government of India, employed by the government of India, or any official employed by the government of the United States, 
reveals the secrets of the state with compromise, integrity and so on, sovereignty of that state, then he should be punished to death. And is there anything wrong with that? Or there has to be some uh, punishment that follows. That is my impression. I sense that. Yes. Having said this, we then proceed to make the point that Tasleema Nasreen, for example, he says that there are so many contradictory reports in various papers that he can come to no conclusions whatsoever. Maybe he is also in doubt as to whether any Maulana has or has not passed a fatwa against Tasleema Nasreen. But it seems to me that contained in that argument also is that if Tasleema Nasreen has said anything against the Quran because that is her firm belief, just as it is a firm belief of many other people that Quran is the word of Allah, then she can be tried by numerous authorities, including by Dr. Zakir Naik himself. If Tasleema Nasreen were here today, he will know her age, he will know whether she is a gynecologist, whether she believes in Islam, etc., etc., at the end of which he can pronounce some punishment for her, which could also mean chopping off opposite limbs or uh, head or exile of those four options. Now, if there are to be many centers of jurisdiction, I mean, many, many people, whether it's a mullah or a pandit or a sankaracharya or a pope or whatever it is, who can simultaneously decide what crime for what punishment, then I have a question. I come from the district of Allahabad, from a village in Allahabad, where there's a mosque in which I have prayed for many, many years during my years. I know for a fact, most of us Muslims know for a fact, as also the Hindus of the village, that in that mosque on the outer boundary there are statues which could only have come from some temple or another. If some pundit from my village in Allahabad decides that a temple, a temple was destroyed here a few hundred years back or whatever it is, and for that crime, that pundit sitting in that village decides that the Muslims would that village be killed, and all the Hindus kill all the Muslims or as many Muslims as they can, is there something wrong with it? Is this what he suggested? If he asks, please repeat the question, it is going to be very difficult. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll summarize it. Can there be many, many centers can there be many, many centers of decision-making in terms of what constitutes crime and what is punishment? Brother, thank you for the short speech. In your short speech, you have asked at least 10 second questions, if not more. Whatever I can remember, one question. That's like all the previous things nullified. If I don't ask, I don't blame you. Because I misquoted me saying that the Indian government can punish her to death. I didn't say that. Punishment. What punishment? Depends upon the law of the government. Coming to the second part. You said that even Dr. Zakir Naik can call her here, can ask her age, can ask her profession, and you said it in very good. Fine, fine, no problem. Please let me complete my answer. I give you enough time to pose the question. Enough time, please give me a opportunity to answer. And even Dr. Naik can sentence her to death or cut off her limbs, etc. No, Dr. Zakir Naik cannot. Dr. Zakir Naik cannot. I don't have the authority. I can give a fatwa. Please let me tell you what's the meaning of fatwa. Again, you may not be aware of the word Arabic word. Fatwa means opinion. But my opinion has got no value. Since we believe in freedom of speech, every individual has a right to his opinion, including me, including you, brother. You can, like Kushman Singh offers her his home, he has a right to his opinion. I can't object. But I can't sentence her. Only a Qazi has a right to give judgment and the verdict. There's a world of a difference between fatwa and a verdict. Fatwa, I'd like to give an example, like suppose a lawyer, he gives his opinion to the judge, but the judge can differ from the lawyer. The fatwa need not be a judgment. Let me remind you that brother. I, even I may be an expert, which I'm not, I as a doctor cannot 
gave a fatwa on Islam. Fatwa in my personal opinion, yes, as an individual, but not as a scholar, neither as a judge because I'm not a judge. Regarding your one summarized question, that can, and if I've forgotten the question, you can repeat, brother, that can the same crime have different punishments or can different centers be set up for punishment? Correct, brother? Can you repeat the question, brother? In India, first, then I come to Bangladesh. I'm sorry, again, he has misunderstood the Islamic law. In India, the Muslim Personal Law Board can only give judgment on personal issues like divorce, like marriage, like inheritance. They cannot pass their law on criminal cases because we have a common criminal law in India. So the question is basic. Regarding Bangladesh, I don't know, again, don't think I'm trying to avoid the question. Again, I don't know how many boards are held, how many courts of law are there in Bangladesh. But if you talk of Islam in the previous ages, there was something like Khilafat, there was a Khalifa, and he was the head. There may be small courts, like how we have a problem in the low court, you go to high court. If you have a problem in the high court, you go to Supreme Court. So there, the Khilafat, the main court was him. He was the Khalifa, he appoints the main chief judge, like our Supreme Court. If there are any small court falters, you can go to chief one. But today, the Khilafat has been abolished. But maybe countries may be having their own way of low court, high court, Supreme Court. We have to analyze the history of the country. Hope that answers your question, brother. If you had heard my answer correctly, with attention, you would have got the answer. I said everyone, including you and I, have the right to give fatwa. Fatwa means opinion. His opinion was that he called for the head of Tasnim al-Asim. That's right. Now, 50,000 Tatars has just come now. First, your question is not into that. I answer that. Please let me answer that. Then I give you the opportunity. Does anyone have the right to call for anyone's head, even if it be a fatwa or opinion? Even by giving opinion, you cannot slander anyone, neither can you abuse anyone. If it's an Islamic country, a person, Taslim al-Nasreen, can sue that Maulana, saying that he... Please let me complete this. So see, I'm not interrupting your question, so if you please not interrupt my answer, you better. I'm just giving a general opinion of Islam. Please, sister, if you allow me. She has a right, if it's an Islamic country. I don't know how far... Is Bangladesh an Islamic country? How far are they following the laws of Islam? I don't know. Maybe they are following, maybe not following. So, she has a right. If she thinks that the death sentence put on her head is wrong, she has a right to take her him to an Islamic court, if there is one. And two, but, let me link your answer with the comments 
laid down by the learned speaker, Father Pereira. He made a comment that it is very easy to frame anyone in the blasphemy law and sentence that person to death. Or taking the example of Tasim Nasrina, or Tasima Nasrin, sorry, that it is not very easy, as easy Father Pereira has said, because if you produce a witness in the court of law, if the crime is a small crime, two witnesses are required. If the crime is great, four witnesses. And if any of those four witnesses falter, believe me, if any of those four witnesses falter during cross-examination, all four of them receive 80 lashes each. 80 lashes. It's not that easy. It's not as easy as we take an oath in the court of Indian, Indian government. My such kaunga, such kishwa push me kaunga, and then you can lie. It's not that easy. You receive 80 lashes each. And believe me, it's very difficult to bear those lashes. It's not as easy as Father Parada has made it sound. Hope that answers the question, brother. Yes. No, I think we can... Uh, uh, Dr. Mack, Saji Trashi Dordu Kai. We live in such a country where we live in a country where we live in a country किसी भी किस्म के तजहीर के कुरान कुरान की मजम्मत के लिए या उसकी गलत कहने के लिए क्या आप वो इस्लामी सजाए तजवीज करेंगे जो इस्लाम में कही गई है और क्या वो यहां पर इस मुल्क में जिसका अपना एक कॉन्स्टिट्यूशन है क्या वो सही हो सकती है or suppose if anyone has abused the Quran, can you follow the Islamic law? Again, brother, let me clarify. They, wherever the criminal law is in any country, you take, whether Saudi Arabia, whether Iran, whether Pakistan, whether America, whether England, whether India, the criminal law has to be common. The civil law can change. The civil law can change. The criminal law in Saudi Arabia is same, whether Muslim or non-Muslim. In India, the criminal law is same, whether Muslim or non-Muslim. So you cannot have a different criminal law. You you can give your comments, but you can give your opinion whether that person should be given punishment of one year or two years of death and whatever it is, but you can't practice it because you have to practice a common criminal law. If it's an Islamic state, then you have to abide by the Quran. You cannot deviate from the Quran. But since India is not an Islamic country, we cannot implement the Quranic law when it comes to criminal punishment. Hold down to the question, brother. I am Maria Fresh, uh, a religious sister, and I want to ask Mr. Um, Sahini, Ashok Sahini, Sahani, why did you translate it, uh, the book, Raja in Tomarasi? <laughs> Well, I translated it. One thing is uh, because I like like the book. Another thing was uh, it was some kind of an atonement because Tasima uh, has the courage to write the kind of book she wrote. The minority is being put to trouble, lot of uh, suffering, torture. 
in her own country, which is a Muslim majority country, whereas almost the same or maybe to a lesser degree, there may be some difference. The same thing happened in the December and January riots in Bombay. But I found that uh, no literary person here, I come, I'm, I'm a Maharashtrian, no Marathi author has uh, had the courage to say that it has put us all to shame. The Prima had that courage and she did it. Question to Dr. Zakir Naik. The fundamentalists of Bangladesh are themselves, are themselves responsible for bringing uh, Taslima Nasrin into the limelight by announcing hefty prices on her head. If they had instead ignored her and allowed her to have a say, uh, this issue would not have risen at all and perhaps she would not have, uh, not have come here to uh, discuss this subject. Brother, that's a very good question. That if the so-called, in the common Muslim fundamentalist, so-called I say, if they would not have announced the price on ahead, we would not have gathered here today, I agree with you. But, you put the blame on the Muslim fundamentalists, I put the blame on the media, difference of opinion. If, even if an obscure organization like DSSP, Bangladesh, Sahaba, Sainik, Parishad, who knew of it? No one. Even if the leader of that organization, Maulana Habibur Rahman, and I do know, brother, that somebody has called for that sentence, if an obscure person, an insignificant organization calls for that sentence, why does the Indian media have to highlight it? Front page, imagine front page news, according to the High Commission, this is I'm quoting from Delhi newspaper, according to the High Commission of Bangladesh, he said that the amount of news that the Indian media has given to Taslim Anasri is not even 1% of the news that there in the Bangladesh newspaper. So, you blame, you ask me, are the Muslim fundamentalists to blame? You may blame them. I would say, even if they are to blame, or whether they are not, irrespective of that, I believe the, the journalists of India and the papers of India, they are much more wiser. So they should not have highlighted it, and neither would be here to discuss the matter. Yes, brother. The Indian media has highlighted this issue in order to save her life, because she is the only person She's a woman and she's helpless in, in front of all these uh, religious fanatics. So the Indian media is only trying to save her life. Yes, Indian... Indian... No, wait, please, please, please let me answer brother, then you can continue the question. Brother, I said the Indian media tried to save from an obscure organization, insignificant Maulana Habibur Rahman. So today if you hear someone in the train saying, I'm going to kill the Prime Minister, you're going to get the headlines in your papers. No, it's just a... It's a rhetoric question, brother. I don't want you to answer. Brother, brother, please, brother. Brother. Brother, you have a right to ask a question later on. Let me complete my answer. So you said the Indian media. See, that's my opinion. My opinion can be wrong, brother. It's my opinion. I'm not saying my opinion has to be right. Some people in the audience may agree with my opinion. Some people may not. So I feel that any insignificant person, suppose, if maybe the call was given by the leading organization, then we have to think over it. it I'm not commenting on the ban. I'm not commenting on the death call whether right or wrong. I'm saying, why did we have to give it headlines? Because of sensationalism. 
That's what I say. That's no opinion, brother. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't like it, you can refuse it. That's no opinion, brother. I have a question. The call for the sentence to Prasliman Nasreen is not that insignificant as he is trying to make out. The call has been given by, officially by the political party Jamaat-e-Islami in Bangladesh. 